Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Everyone say this is love. And I promise you I won't be long, but how many have ever been in love before? Yeah, you know, come on. Oh, what was your love song? Oh, oh you don't even know your love song, bro? Uh, oh, there's so many. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> Come on. What's, what's your love song? Treasure of My Heart. Who sings that? Old school, bro. All right. All right. I'm just checking, man. I'm just... who, who else has a love song? Dave? Baby face, too. All right. Uh, you know, I asked the pastors. Let me start on this side. Anyone, anyone have a love song on this side? Al Green, huh? Dang, dude, you went old school right there. I'm sorry, you had your... Delphonics, what song? Didn't I Blow Your Mind. Ooh, Didn't I Blow Your Mind. This time or that time? (laughs) I asked the pastors and some of the staff of CWC to find out what their love song was. So I'm going to have them play it, and I want you to tell me what pastor or what staff member it belongs to. Unforgettable. That's what you Now, first of all, go ahead and stop it. Who is that? Nat King Cole. What's the, what's the song? Unforgettable. Who, who's, what pastors does that belong to? Pastor Nick. Pastor Nick. Pastor Nick's an old, he, he's a youngster, but he's an old soul. This guy knows all the old school music real well. Play the next one. We can take the world, darling. Who's that? Anyone know who, who sings it? Johnny Swim, and what is what's the name of the song? <laughs> I never heard of Johnny Swim. I, I never even heard the song before. But that is this song belongs, and I don't know if I if she's in here. This belongs to Veto. Veronica uh, from our staff, I told her she needs to upgrade her love song. <laughs> she up, upgrade it, she's going to be married quick. Play the next one. You know this one? What is it? Huh? What is it? Casey and JoJo. What pastor do you think that belongs to? Everyone says Pastor Matt last service too. No, that belongs to Pastor T. That's your sister, bro. That's your sister. You're turning red, man. <laughs> okay, play the next one. Who's this one? First of all, who is it? You guys know, you got, you got to stop listening to that secular music, y'all. Bunch of sinners. <laughs> so who is it? That one's Pastor Matt. Yeah, Pastor Matt. All right. I don't know where he's at right now. I think he's doing Easter eggs. But, okay, next one. Always and forever. You know that old cholo dance when you don't know how to dance? You just... Just stand in one place and just kind of move back and forth. That was ours. That was ours right there, right? 
I want to play one last love song for you because I heard some other people had some, a love song that this was their favorite. Take a look at this. There's mood music for you. Scott are newlyweds. Whoopity-doo! He loves her, but she loves this guy right here. And he loves somebody else. You just can't win. And so it goes until the day you die. This thing they call love is gonna make you cry. I hate you. I've had the blues, the rich and the pinks. One thing for sure. Love stinks? Love stinks! Yeah, yeah! Love stinks! Love stinks! Yeah, yeah! Love stinks? Love stinks! Yeah, yeah! My gosh, I love that movie. I'm sorry, I'm just it's one of my. But when you talk about love, not everyone has a good view of love because they've experienced the wrong kind of love. And I want to share with you today what real love is all about. And love's been described in various ways, man. I love that car, I love chocolate cake, I, I love this, I love that, I love the Raiders, I love the Niners. And we all talk about love and explain it in different ways, but the the true definition of love, according to Webster's, is this. It could be explained as a strong affection arising out of kinship or personal tie. That, that's a kind of love that we call stroji love, which is a family love. How many of you have family members you love? How many have family members you don't? Don't raise your hands, okay? But we, we talked about a, a, it's a fatherly love, a motherly love, a brotherly love. It's a family kind of love. But then there's another love that's called an attraction love based on sexual attraction. And this is what the Greek calls an eros love or a, a, or a sexual intimacy kind of love. And we're not going to spend much time on that because there's kids in the room right now. But the third area is an affection based on admiration, benevolence, or a common interest. It's talking about a friendship love. How many have friends you love? Now, sometimes you hate them, but you love them, right? And that friendship love drives you through different issues. And the more issues you work through, the stronger that love becomes. How many married couples are in the house? Just say amen. amen. So uh, how many are still married? Say amen. amen. Okay. Now, uh, how many, don't say amen, but how many times do you don't want to be married? Don't say amen. Okay. But there's times you don't always feel married. There's times you don't always feel like you want to be married. But I want you to recognize most marriages go wrong when you start missing one of these three loves in your marriage. When you might, you might be hot for one another, but you don't like each other as a friend. Right? Or you like the person as a friend, but there's no longer any heat in the bedroom. And so all these loves are vital to be, you need a family love, you need a sexual love, you also need a friendship love. My wife is not only my friend, but she's my lover. She's not only my lover, but she's my family as well. That you find all of these have to work, but they don't always work together at the same time. 
And so you have to work through. I look at my ring and it reminds me of the commitment I made to this woman and that, that I, I would be with her till death do us part or until she kills me. <laughs> the other kind of love is a love that it's a godly love called agape love. Everyone say agape. Agape is an unconditional love. It's the highest form of love. It's God's love from God to mankind. And, uh, let me give you my definition of love, okay? My, def- my explanation of what love's all about. And This might not be your definition, but this works. It's, love is not a feeling. And Erica, I know you've heard me say this over and over and over. Love's not a feeling. Love is a commitment that sometimes produces a feeling. Because there's a time that you don't always feel in love. You take a look at my wedding ring. This thing's gone to hell and back. It's not even round no more. It is bent. I rebuilt engines with this thing. I, I've golfed with this thing, played full. I always keep it on. And I remember when I first got it, it kept on getting caught on sheets, get caught on sweaters. It would snag everything. And eventually one day I looked down and I realized I lost a diamond. And I ignored the irritation and I ended up losing something valuable. And my wife, to, for Christmas, went and got me an identical ring to replace this one. And so she unveiled it, and she was always having a hard time finding me something. Uh, we looked at it. I was like, oh, babe, thank you so much, but can we take it back? She's like, why? This one's better. I said, because I, this one, when I put it on, it reminds me that if I ignore the irritations in our marriage, I could end up losing someone even more valuable than a diamond. And so I kept this ring because it reminds me, and it still snags sweaters, it still gets caught up on the sheets, but it reminds me that if I ignore the issues we have in our marriage, I could end up losing someone special. Not just a diamond, I could lose a diamond in a person. She has a diamond in her front tooth, too, so I could lose that diamond as well. I want you to see that whenever love is referred to, love is usually referred to as a verb, as something that we love. But when God talks about love, love is a noun. God doesn't just have love for you. God is love. He doesn't just show love to you. He is love. And I need you to hear me very closely this morning. If you don't hear a thing I say, I want you to understand that God loves you. God loves you. God is not mad at you. God is not trying to destroy you. God is not trying to put you down, hold you down, keep you down, trying to destroy. God loves you so much that God went through extreme lengths to show his love to you. He doesn't love you when you're good and tolerate you when you're bad. God loves you in any condition, any situation, any any, any struggle that you go through. God loves you. Come on, everyone say this. I'm loved. You are loved this morning. I need you to understand that when Jesus showed up on earth, love showed up. Love showed up in a manger. Love showed up when when he freed those that were oppressed. Love showed up when he healed the lame man. Love showed up when the woman was caught in adultery. Love showed up when he walked on water. Love showed up when he opened blinded eyes. Love showed up when he calmed the seas and the storms. Love showed up when he raised a little dead girl. Love showed up when he multiplied the fishes and 
and the loaves. Love showed up when he was stuck between heaven and earth on a cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Love showed up when a thief looked at him and said, would you remember me when you go to paradise? And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Love showed up when he gave up his final breath so that you could breathe. Love showed up. That's true love. That he showed his love for us even when we didn't have a clue who he was. Come on, we show love to people based on what they do for us. Come on, wives. You know, men, and, men and women keep score differently. In the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, for, for a man, we score, you know, you cook us dinner. You know, we, we, have, we have a great night. Things work out great. That's one point. I mean, let, let me re, re, rephrase it. You, you, do, you cook a great dinner for us, you scored 50 points that night. Okay? You, you, we, have a, we go out somewhere and we have a great time together, that's another 25 points. Women, you keep score different than men do. We get you a rose, one point. <laughs> Take you on a cruise, one point. <laughs> Clean the house, one point. You, you guys, you, you outscore us by doing one thing. We, that's how we think you're supposed to keep score. But we, we think, we look at things different. We, we observe things differently. And I look at God and how God is motivated and how God does things. What motivated God to take on the form of his creation and come down to earth? Why would God do that for us? What motivated Jesus to come down to earth? I want you to know something. I want you to recognize what motivated the creator of heaven and earth to come down to earth on your behalf. Love. Love did it. This is love. And this morning, I want you to know just how much you're loved as the worship team comes and takes their places. I want you to see in, in Matthew chapter 27, at about 3 o'clock, the Bible says, at what time? Jesus is on the cross. And as Jesus is on the cross, the Bible says that he cries out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. He calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he calls out because he feels abandoned. He feels like God's turned his back on him. I wonder this morning, how many of you have ever felt like God let you down? How many of you have ever felt like you, God, didn't, God disappeared when you needed him the most? And here the Son of God is feeling abandoned. The Son of God is feeling like his father walked out on him at a time where he needed him most. And I need you to understand that God loves you so much that God has experienced what you've experienced. If Jesus felt abandoned, how much more do you think you and I are going to go through those times? And yet perception is not always reality. Because he asks the questions, why have you abandoned me? And God abandoned him because of this certain situation that's taking place. See, Jesus knew why he had come to earth. And at this point, he feels alone, alone because he's coming to the tipping point of, of his mission, coming to the tipping point of his purpose that he came. Because at this moment, according to 2 Corinthians, he that knew no sin became sin. Now, now listen to me. Jesus just didn't die for your sin. 2 Corinthians says, God made him who had what? Had what? No sin become what? Literally not take on our sin, 
became sin. Oh, you, you totally... Say it again, Pastor. I want you to grab a hold of this this morning. He didn't take your sin. He became sin. The holy God, the separated God, the God that created all that we see became. He he didn't just die for the molester. He became the molester. He didn't just die for the addict. He became the addict. He didn't just die for the murderer. He became the murderer. He became the embodiment of that sin for you. He took on your identity so you can now take his. Say it again, Pastor. He took on your identity so you can now have his. Well, I, I, I didn't murder anyone. I'm not addicted to anything. Did you lie? Never cheated? Never have a bad thought? Never flip anyone off? Ever cut anyone off on the freeway? Ever gossiped? Then you're a sinner like the rest of us. God don't rank sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Man, I'm not here to point fingers at you. Because we've all blown it. It's his love that has given us the ability to stand. He became what we are so we could become who he is. And yet when Jesus is asking this question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you're in that point right now where you feel like God has forsaken you and there's no hope for salvation, I need you to understand God answered Jesus' question not right there on the cross. He answered it three days later. You might have not have gotten your answer today, but your answer's on its way. Your answer may not have come in the way that you expected it, but the answer did come. So when he asked, why have you forsaken me? I didn't forsake you. I just had to turn my back on you for a moment because there's a process going on. And for every promise God gave you, there's a process you got to work out. Don't judge your promise based on your process. You might not understand the process, but it doesn't change your promise. need you to understand that nails didn't keep Jesus on a cross. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but if I was hanging on the cross, I'm telling you right now, y'all wouldn't be saved. It wouldn't happen. Because if I'm laying up there naked, number one, beard pulled out, gotten beaten, whipped, and then the same people I came to save are saying, if you're the son of God, prove it. I'd be like, all right. I'll prove it. I'll turn into Clint Eastwood at that moment. Make my day. I'll, I'll just go off. At the, I'll turn into Rambo at that point and just show them who I am. I would have called 10,000 angels. I would have levitated in front of them, had the glory of God shine through me, have the 10,000 angels show up and say, now what's up? What's up now? Come on, bring that little whip at me now. Come on, homie. Bring it. I wouldn't have been able to handle myself. I would have went off. But what kept him up there? Those nails didn't hold God on a cross. Those soldiers couldn't hold him back. There's only one thing that kept him up there. And it wasn't a nail. It wasn't a whip. It wasn't Rome. It wasn't Caesar. It was one thing. It was you. 
It was God's love for you. That's love. That's love. That's love. That he loved you so greatly that he would stay and go through the process because he knew who you were and what you would go through and that you would need his love. That's love. Greatest love song. Stand to your feet this morning. Greatest love song. Wasn't played by an instrument. But it was demonstrated by the God that breathed breath into you. You know what's so cool about this? It was the resurrection that made all these things possible, though. I appreciate the death. But it's the resurrection that gives us the reason to be here right now. Uh, Listen, what blows me away, why do so many people go to Jerusalem to look at an empty tomb? How many have loved ones that have passed away? You go to the grave and what, what do you take? Take things to commemorate, to remember. Why do people go to a place where someone's not there? See, that's the whole purpose of Christianity. It's already done. It's all been done for you. Stop making it harder than it already is. He did all the work. All you have to do is receive it. Religion makes you work hard for God. But in salvation, God worked hard for you. In religion, you try to make yourself acceptable to God. But in a relationship and salvation, God's already taken care of it all for you. All you have to do is say, yes, you're loved. You're loved. Bow your heads with me. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.